Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible, just like your family treats you. Find your health family at NorthMemorial.com slash family. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. To find out how, how Rick and I could work together. Uh, I talk a lot about with the players about being on the same page, everybody understanding their roles, knowing what to do and, and how to do it and how we expect to do it. So with the Wilfs, you know, the you know, they want to win a Super Bowl as bad as anybody in the world. Can't wait to stand on the podium with Ziggy and Mark and Jonathan and we're standing on the podium and we look up and the confetti is falling down on top of us and we're all hand in hand and the commissioner uh, Goodell comes over and he hands the Super Bowl trophy to Mr. Wolf and, and tells him he's, he's world champion. So that, that is my goal and that is my drive. Quite the picture painted right there. It's Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500 Score North. Dot com. I'm Robbie Mackloff, along with Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass, and we are streaming live Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Very easy to see us on all those platforms. It's just at S-K-O-R North. I'm Robbie. There's Judd. There's Manny on the side of the glass. We'll talk with Courtney Cronin this hour at 1240. And uh, schedule release tomorrow, Judd. We found out today that the schedule release will be tomorrow, and you have questions, sir. I do indeed. So it, the uh, schedule will be released at 7 o'clock tomorrow. What we know right now is this. What, what the league has announced to date is that the Bears are going to play host to the Packers on Thursday night, September 5th, to open the league's 100th season. So the Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champions, will not play on the traditional Thursday night game because of that. We also know the Patriots, though, will open their season on Sunday night football on September 8th. What I have is a series of questions to go through, though, regarding the Vikings' schedule and and what we project or, or think. And this is not going to be a game-by-game breakdown, okay? It's not that. It's going to be a handful of questions, though, about the Vikings' schedule. At home, they've got Oakland-Denver, Atlanta-Washington, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and then their three NFC North opponents, the Lions, the Packers, and the Bears. On the road, they've got the Giants, the Seahawks, Dallas, the L.A. Chargers, Kansas City, and then Detroit, Green Bay, and Chicago again, okay? So th- those are your 16 games. Who do you project the Vikings will open against and where? So of, of those teams, and the thing to keep in mind is they have opened at home 
for the past two years. Okay. So so the last two years they've opened in their home stadium, which to me means it will probably be an away game this time. But Rami, you go first. Who do you think the Vikings open against? Well, we know where? it can't be the Packers or the Bears, Correct. right? Because they have the Thursday night opener to celebrate the hundred year anniversary, mm-hmm. right? So they can't be the Packers or the Bears. You think they keep it in division? Because that makes the answer real easy, and I just say the Lions. Yeah, I do not think they do that. Okay. I do not think that they will do that. I think it'll be outside. All right. You think it'll be an outdoor game? Um, yes. I think it'll be an outdoor game, and I don't think it's going to be here, and I don't think it's give going their, to be give me their road a division opponents. full. Give me the road opponents. One Giants, more mm-hmm. Seahawks, Cowboys, Chargers, Chiefs, Lions, Packers and Bears, and as you said, the Packers and Bears are out. Seahawks might be a good, a good opener or in the week Giants. one, or the Giants. That was the other team that popped, popped, okay. popped off the page. I'm, think, I'm thinking Giants. I'm going to give you if this league is holding to a theme, which I think that they are. Right, classic games and rivals, because the Bears and Packers are out. My guess is is this, because if you guys recall, last week, Odell Beckham tweeted something along the lines of life is weird, or and he said, and the tweet said, I saw the schedule, which leads me to believe that the league is going to have the Monday night game be the Browns and the Jets celebrating the first ever Monday night game, which was the Jets at the Browns, I believe, in 1970. So if we go down this path of the league trying to open week one with, with sort of historic games... I'm going Vikings at Kansas City rematch Super Bowl four, mm. which would be a hell of a way to open because it wouldn't be easy. With a loss that'd be, that'd a be a, yes, <laughs> yes. That would if you're a Vi- if you're Zim, you're probably not too pleased. But Super Bowl four, Vikings at Chiefs, and you can sell Mike Zimmer, top ranked defense, yeah, or you know top four five ish right, yeah, ranked against defense. Mahomes against Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in football, the MVP of the league. I like it. That's probably the best storyline, other than maybe the Giants and going against Pat Shermer, the former offensive coordinator of your Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the historical significance there would, right. would be. It's so not historical. That, it's yeah, more. It's, can, more, it's, it's more a good storyline. Story right. But you're right. The, uh, the Chiefs saying Pat Mahomes going against a great defensive mind, good story there. So that's my guess on the opener. Who do you guys think they will close against and where? Now, the the NFL tries to stack division games at the end of the season. It's always, it's always divisional games, yeah. Last year, they finished against the Bears, right? They, it's like the all, last three years, I think, it, they finished with the Bears at home. It's always the Bears at home. I'm sick of it. <laughs> well, I you, know think the, they, you think they change it up this year? Yes. Sometimes they'll go Packers-Bears in Week 17. And I, remember, I think the last time it was Packers-Bears Week 1... They bookended it with Packers Bears Week Seventeen, okay. mm-hmm. so I'm thinking again if they if they hold true to any sort of pattern that we've seen in the past, then we might be looking at Packers Bears in the final week, which only leaves the Lions if they're going to close out in the division. Was that <laughs> was that uh, Rogers quasi Hail Mary Hail Mary to Randall Cobb to yes. win the division the yes, last it, time that it, it, happened yes. at Soldier Field? Yes, it was, man. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for just, Manny prodding a guy I wasn't, who doesn't I feel well was decked out in full Cubs regalia. I honestly wasn't trying to... and, and drop the Bartman soundbite on me next. Is that is that where we're going with this? I won't do that. To okay, you. thank you. Because it's a football show. It was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, That's he's got some. He's got some That's bears. That's the only reason he won't do it to me because it's a football show. He's got some bears. I won't do the, the 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 Bartman thing. I would never do that to you. I'm not as sinister as Jonathan Harrison. <laughs> I would Jonathan, never do the Bartman. Jonathan does it constantly. <laughs> I would never do that to you. So your your guess, Manny Hill, was what? For week seventeen, yeah, because I don't think it's going to be the Bears again. Well, it's then it probably too have, much. it'd probably have to be well, you Packers here or no. Packers at Lambeau. Packers at Lambeau because the Vikings played in Lambeau in week two of two thousand eighteen, and mm-hmm. if you look at it, it they, fluctuates. They, 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 fl- they flip heavily. Once in a while. Yeah, I think it's uh, Bears Packers week one Soldier Field. I think there's a good chance it's Bears Packers week fifteen Lambeau Field. But then the last week, or 16, I should say, but then the last week, Vikings, Packers, Lambeau Field. And I think they've always kind of flip-flopped them in terms of when the game's played at U.S. Bank Stadium. They do. Versus, I think you're right. And last, in, uh, I remember 2017, the Vikings went 13-3. and The late game against the Packers was played at Lambeau. I think the Vikings shut them out, right? It was 16 nothing or something like yes. that? Yeah, and, and the game... It was a Sunday night game. And it... The game where the defensive backs went rogue against Zim was a Christmas time game in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So the, the league, that was twenty sixteen. Yeah, but the, the point being is the league has no qualms about sending the Vikings there mm-hmm. late in in the year. It's actually more fun sometimes. So I think they're going to give us Vikings at Packers week seventeen. And I wonder if they're anticipating that that could be possibly for the division. Oh, I mean the, Bear, the Bears will be in that conversation as well, obviously, but. Yeah, you never know with the Bears. What is this? What is this? This pile on Rami Day? Is that what we're doing? I was just trying to get some type of reaction. <laughs> I gave him credit. I said the Bears would be in the conversation. Manny Manny started it, okay? It's not my fault. Manny started it, Rami. <laughs> Telling you right now, write that down prediction of mine. Will be Bears are winning the 2020 uh, <laughs> of course NFC will be. North Championship. I'd Absolutely. expect nothing less. 100%. <laughs> nothing less. Yep. A game that you guys, opponent-wise... For the Vikings are looking forward to the most. Well, we kind of, for me, we we already touched on it, but it's it's the game against Kansas City. That will be. I mean, fun. that that is number one, you know, or top ranked, top five ish ranked defense against arguably the best quarterback in football, the MVP of the league. It's the ultimate <laughs> test match. That's what we like watching, right? We like watching number one versus number one, absolutely, on opposite sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, it's it's the game against Kansas City with a bullet. But you're looking you're looking at that game with a grain of salt, right? Because it's in Kansas City, and because the Chiefs did what they did last year, I think sitting here today, a lot can change between now and whenever that game is played. But sitting here today, I think we're all pointing at that one and saying that's probably a loss, right? That's one of the tougher stadiums mm-hmm. to play in in all the NFL, and yeah. that's a very good football team. You're looking at more as a measuring stick of can can they hang can they hang in that yep. game can the defense do enough to contain Patrick Mahomes yep. and that offense to keep you in it and hang around and you'll still probably lose it but you want a good showing out of that game right and, and can Kirk Cousins go on the road potentially against a quality opponent and and keep up for one week at least could find out in week one yeah Rami I think. That is, that's a really good one. That is a really good one, them them visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. Another good one, and it's another one on the road. And this is a team that, for whatever reason, is not on a lot of people's radars. I don't know if as many people realize they're as good as, as they are as, as maybe should, but that Chargers team is a very tough 
football team, and they're good on both sides of the football. They're not as high-flying as Patrick Mahomes in that Kansas City offense, but Phillip Rivers puts up huge numbers just about every season, year in, year out. doesn't seem to matter who his receivers are. Phillip Rivers is putting up big numbers, and that defense, I thought, took a big step forward last year. That's another one that's on the road. You're going to the West Coast. Big test for you. Can can you handle that? Can you at least stay in the game? And I think that's one that's actually winnable. I probably wouldn't pick them to win it as we sit here today. Right. But it's one that's winnable. And I think that if you do win that game, I think that says a lot about this Vikings team to go out to the West Coast against a very good football team in the Los Angeles Chargers and come out of there with a win. I think it's more than just like we were saying about the Chiefs, where you probably expect the loss, but it's still some kind of measuring stick to see where this football team is at. Mm-hmm. That's a game that you might be able to beat a very good football team after traveling to the West Coast on the road. That I think that to me is a very intriguing game in, in terms of what it says about who this Vikings team is. Here's mine. All right. And it, this goes off of a, a report I saw a couple months back now. And I think the Star Tribune picked this up from a podcast. So I have no idea if this is true, but it's going to be glorious if it comes true. Thanksgiving night, Philadelphia at U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> that would be fun. Now, now Philly, I have no clue. I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going. They're not going, going to be bad. But this isn't so much based on on the opponent as I love Thanksgiving Day games, and they are so much fun. And there is nothing better than being able to get up from the couch at four o'clock on Thanksgiving and say, "Honey, I got to go somewhere." Because <laughs> you spent all day on your butt doing nothing, eating too much. So I think I if if this comes true, I think a Thanksgiving night game against Philadelphia at US Bank Stadium would be great fun. And that's a matchup that you can really sell. Oh, For yeah. a Thursday night primetime Thanksgiving game, that's definitely a matchup. Vikings Eagles, that's one you could definitely sell. Absolutely. Masses. Yeah. We already know it's gonna be Bears Lions again on Thanksgiving, right? And haven't we already Oh, you know, haven't we already heard that? Hasn't that leaked already? I think, you know, I think I saw that, that report. It's not been made official, I don't think. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that Yeah, it was g- a leak. It wasn't well, the NFL announcing is, it. What's weird is, so so the Bears opened at the Packers in 2018 because that was the Packers' 100th season. Mm-hmm. But it was the league and the Bears' 99th. And so I think the league is gearing things for 2019 more towards the Bears. So I think you're right. So I think it's going to be a Bears Detroit on Thanksgiving morning, basically. Yeah, this was uh, Dallas, and I don't know whom. But then there, there's that wild card night game now that we don't know, and that reportedly, according to a podcast of some sort, was is going to be the uh, Vikings playing host to Philadelphia. This is the uh, from the Chicago Sun Times, who in their byline they call themselves the hardest working paper in America. That's a bold statement there, Chicago Sun Times. But back to my point. It says uh, Bears likely to play NFL season okay. kickoff and Thanksgiving Day yep. this year, according, according to a report. So we know, at least we think we know, one of the Thanksgiving games. We know opening night is Bears-Packers Thursday night. Yes. And we know one of the Thanksgiving games likely is Bears and Lions. That's as much as we know on the eve of the NFL schedule being released tomorrow. Opponent on the Vikings schedule whom will take the biggest step forward. There's always at least one team that that the schedule is going to come out tomorrow night. We're all going to be like that team's no that team's no real challenge. So our sleeper. So who is, is your for. yeah among the uh, sixteen games and thirteen teams? I believe I gave you. Who do you see as as when that game arrives? 
your perception of that team will have changed greatly. Can I tell you something? I know a lot of people don't believe in what they're doing. In I think I know where you're Oakland going with this. Slash Las Vegas. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too. I think they know exactly what they're doing in Oakland slash Las Vegas. Okay. And you, I you read my mind. And I even said, now I I retweeted, I had some of my own all the jokes about the Raiders trading Khalil Mack when they traded Khalil Mack. It was great. It was great internet and social media fodder. And I'm happy that my Bears traded. Say, and great for a Bears fan. I'm of happy course. that my Bears traded for Khalil Mack. But I also Thanks, said Ryan Sandberg. I also said when that when that deal was made that for, for everybody who's laughing at the Raiders right now, this might be a deal where it works out for both teams. Where in the end, everybody got what they wanted out of that trade and everybody is happy. And I still feel that way. And I you I think you look at what they've done. And this offseason, going and getting Antonio Brown and shoring up their offensive line a little bit, now they have a boatload of draft picks to go into these next two years. I don't, I don't think we're talking about a playoff team in the Raiders, mm-hmm. but I think we could be looking at like an 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 9-7 and seven team who's much, much better and a tougher out on a given week than, than a lot of people might think they are as we sit here talking about the 2019 NFL season today. Can I have a? Can I add another game that I'm looking forward to? Of course, I, sure. I already mentioned Kansas City and everything. Yeah, Washington, mm. Washington, Cousins angle or what? Cousins and Keenum. Oh yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. I just because, think that's a terrible football team. Yeah. Oh yeah, but the the lead up to the the so lead up Buffalo. the whole week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rami, you weren't you weren't here yet when uh, when we were. Uh, looking ahead to that Buffalo game and thinking, oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah, I know what no happened. Way. I oh, can yeah. tell you that. Oh, yeah, we know what happened, too. Kirk Cousins knows what happened in that game, too. Um, but, no, I, I think the the lead-up for that week, there will be a lot of Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum conversations Absolutely. for both teams leading up that whole, that and whole week. And what's intriguing about that game is if it's early on, it, it almost certainly is going to be, I would guess, Cousins against Keenum, mm-hmm. but if it's late, who knows? Keenum might be benched. Like you just don't know. Yeah. So, so it, it would behoove the, the league if they want the storylines, Manny, that you're talking about to put that in like week four. Because mm-hmm. because if you put it in week thirteen, I don't know. Keenum might be yeah. To your point, Keenum might be benched by then. Or I mean, <laughs> I don't know. What if? I know where you're going. It's not nice, but what I if, know where you're what going. If, what if Jay Gruden? At least at the start of the year, first half of the year. Yeah. Gets some good play out of Case Keenum. Yeah, entirely possible. And they come in and be a hell of a matchup. Is Alex Smith done? Is he is he coming back at some think, point in 2019? I don't think do he's think? given up on coming back. I don't know what his prospects are realistically, given his age, his, the stage yeah. in his career, the the nature of that injury. Well, and it got infected, right? Yeah. And he was in, in the hospital for a really long time because yeah. of that. I think if the team was confident in him returning, I don't know if they would have traded for Keenum. Yeah, but... He's also the type of guy, Case is the type of guy that you could bail on. He could sure. be a place Because he's sort of an in-between guy. Because mm-hmm. he's not bad, but he's also not necessarily a starting But I also wonder if, they, if, if there was a guy that they felt like they could bail on. Or, you know, if they, if they felt confident that Smith was going to come back, that it, I wonder if they would have just targeted somebody else in free agency instead of, like, actually trading for somebody. Maybe. 
Uh, the opponent that I think is going to have uh, the biggest turnaround, and this is not going to be good news if you're a Vikings fan because you play them twice, the Green Bay Packers. I think with, with LaFleur's system and, and Rodgers, one, being PO'd at the world, which is bad news, and two, being refreshed by the fact that he doesn't have to work with uh, Mike McCarthy, I think the Green Bay Packers are going to be in for a big change. For the Packers, in a good way, if you're the Vikings, Bears, or Detroit, bad way. I think Green Bay is going to turn things around. You think they're going to take a big step this year? I think they are, yes. I've been waiting for for this, and I the stories that we've seen in recent weeks bring to light the fact that probably the, the divorce between the quarterback and head coach were going to happen and had to happen at some point here. Mm-hmm. But now that it's done and Aaron's going to have a younger coach who is certainly going to listen to his ideas, and and that, that coach also is, I'm sure, going to be more adaptable as well, I think Green Bay could be in for a big change. Yeah, I said... A big turnaround. This is a weird line of thinking, but if you follow me here, Aaron Rodgers is a guy who, and a lot of athletes are motivated this way, they feed off of criticism. Absolutely. And proving you wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. So all this talk about Aaron Rodgers being hard to coach or being uncoachable this offseason, I think really might force him to go, oh, you think I'm uncoachable? Let me show you how coachable I am and go in and just be the perfect soldier for Matt LaFleur in his first year and just fall in line. And he, like you said, he will have input on the offense. It's a young first time head coach. You would think if he's smart, he leans on his all world quarterback a little bit in terms of calling an offense and coming up with a game plan. But I really do think that Aaron Rodgers might be out this year to prove how coachable and easy to work with he really is and will be on his very best behavior when it comes to that coach-player relationship and that dynamic. Rodgers is very Kobe-like mm-hmm. in that regard. Mm-hmm. Very, very the, Kobe Bryant-like. And it was the same thing with Kobe. It was always like people want to play with him. Is it, you know, Phil Jackson came out with the, you know, he's not coachable whole thing in his book and, and everything like that. It, it's there's There seems to be some parallels between those two guys. The great ones are ordinarily, I think, defiant. Mm-hmm. They just are. But but they're also they're also the ones that, that, to your point, feed off of that. So when everybody says Aaron is impossible to work with and he's a prima donna and people hate him, he's like, okay, I'll, I'll show you. Last question off the uh, schedule. Viking schedule comes out at 7 o'clock tomorrow along with the rest of the league. 7 p.m. Um, opponent that will take the biggest step back on the Viking schedule. So conversely, from, from the team that we look at right now and think that team might not be that good, and that's going to change, what opponent on the Viking schedule right now sort of scares you, but by the time we get to that week, we'll be like, ah, they're not that good. I mean, I don't know how, how much of a step back the Giants can take for how bad they were this year. <laughs> I would agree with you on that. When you just talk record, but so, sometimes your play can be far worse, but there just isn't much more room to fall because of in terms of your record and the actual results on paper. I just don't see how the New York Giants win football games this year. I really just don't see it. Unless what do you mean? they're going to run the ball with Saquon. Okay, and then once his legs fall off because you've been you gave it to him forty eight times a game, what do you do next? 
What's next? And who's Eli Manning throwing to? Fire Pat Shermer with his with his puss arm. Like what? What is that? What? <laughs> what, is a puss, what does a puss arm look like? <laughs> how are they going to win football games? I really don't see how the New York. So Giants... you think that they're actually going to be worse than we think right now? Which is we think they're not going to be good in terms of the <laughs> the actual quality of play. I don't know how much worse their record will be, but in terms of the actual quality of play in the eye test when you sit down and watch this team on a Sunday, I think. People are going to be aghast at how bad the New York Giants football, the New York football Giants are this year. It's going to be awful. I'm kind of wondering about Dallas. Yeah, that's a good one. I thought Jason about Garrett's one. been there a long time, and I, I know they're getting they're yeah. getting Witten back and and all of that. But I don't know, Jason Garrett. I don't know, man. That was the first name that popped into my head, and then I was like, well, two games against the Redskins, two games against the Giants. That's a nice little head start for you, right there. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. four. That's four. I thought about Dallas. Too. That's four yeah. winnable games on your schedule right away. Very winnable, not just winnable, but winnable, very winnable. But this team, I don't know, man. And is Dak? How good is Dak? That's at, something I struggle with. At times, I think, oh my gosh, he's really, really good. And then at times, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, and I can't getting, tell. And they're getting Witten back, and yeah, but he, but they think he's he, only going back because he was such a disaster in the booth, right? And and it's like, well, how good is he at 37, 38 years old? Like, how good is he really even going to be for them anyway? And is Garrett you know? fine? So, is it, and the thing with Garrett that I don't get is he's still there. I'm yeah. amazed See, with that group that owns them, Jerry Jones and his kid. And now, now I think his son is more patient, mm-hmm. but year after year with Jason Garrett, I've just Get to the point of like, okay, you're going to get fired now. No, you didn't get fired, and now you made the playoffs. But now you might get, fu- you know. So it's, it's, I go back I, and forth. With that. I wonder with that, and it's not even that I think Garrett is a bad coach, but I just wonder if it's just if it's kind of a McCarthy, Mike McCarthy thing, where it's just kind of run its course. He's just been there a long yes, time. Yes, absolutely. Um, my team that I think has a very good chance to to take a step back, and you brought this team up before, and they were twelve and four, the Chargers. At some point in time, Rivers is going to get old, right? You would think so. Like there's a cl- there, there's a cliff there, and he keeps defying it. Especially since he has a dozen kids at home, I understand that can how do age you, you quite quickly. How 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 does a person do that? I don't by the know. way, no, no, I shouldn't say that. I know how it's done, but how does a person have that many kids? And it's just great, good for him. But I anyway, know how to make them. I yeah. don't know how, uh, you, that's I don't know how you raise that. Many I know the kids. formula right, for yeah. it. There's got to come a year where where he finally meets that cliff and falls off. So I'm going to say that uh, despite the fact the defense was very good and despite the fact they went 12-4, and four, that I'm not going to be surprised if the Chargers take a significant step back in 2019. We, That's it. We need to uh, take a quick break. I have just one question when it comes to the NFL schedule, which be which will be released tomorrow. And I'll ask you that question. Why is it so great? When Purple Daily returns right after this on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Cousins, here's a shot for a touchdown. Stephon Diggs. The Vikings make it look easy on the opening drive of the day. Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami. There's Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. We are also streaming live on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Want to get in on the show? 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. And this 
Just one of our many, many Vikings programs. You can find all our Vikings shows by just searching Score North Vikings wherever you download podcasts or just go get that Score North app. Give us a five-star rating. Leave your comments. And we're available on Spotify. Or just say, Alexa, open Score North, and she will do so. Uh, NFL schedule is released tomorrow, and we've been talking about it here today on Purple Daily. Obviously, more discussion about it tomorrow and throughout the week here on Score North. But a, uh, a piece at The Athletic today on the eve of the schedule release, and it says the truth about the NFL schedule release, the players don't really care. They don't care about the schedule release, Judd. But they do talk about a few of the things, and you tell me if they're, if if any more than what I'm about to list off actually matters when it comes to the schedule release. Obviously, who they play matters. You know what I mean? Sure. But we know that before tomorrow. It's just a matter of the order. So the players, they say... Look at primarily two things, and then I have one or two things that I would add that are important in terms of an NFL schedule outside of who they actually play. One is the bye week. And in the article, they say that the later the bye week, the better, because it gives you something to look forward to for a longer period of time, like that carrot at the end of the stick. And you need that rest more, obviously, the later that you get into a season. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing they look at. Mm -hmm. Thursday nights. Is, yep. is another thing that they look at, and I think that's big. Thursday night games are are brutal. I don't think that they should be being played. I don't think it's fair to ask these players to recover in three days and then go out and, and torture their bodies again over the course of a three-hour football Thanksgiving game. Thanksgiving should be it. That should well, be the o- only opening one. Night, opening night, which is great, and Thanksgiving. And if you're, you're, right. you're going to insist on keeping Thursday night games, a bye week needs to precede it. Yep. Every for every every uh, yeah, team I'm that totally plays a you. Thursday night game, the bye week needs to precede it. Yes, and the NFL has not figured that out yet. And not only is it unfair and doing probably permanent and long term damage to these guys' bodies, but it's just not as good a brand of football as as you could get. This year was better. The Thursday night games this year was better. I don't know if you guys remember, but the previous year, the 2017 season, yes, we got some awful football well, week in and week out on Thursday night. They they were purposely putting as as bad of games as possible previously. Now now, if you recall, in 2018, it switched to Fox, which mm-hmm. was paying more. But when the schedule was was a split deal where it was aired, I think partially on CBS and partially NBC, that schedule was awful. It'd be, yeah. you know, it'd be, and now for the third consecutive Thursday, please welcome the Jaguars and Titans. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to say that when Fox got the whole schedule and paid more in 2018, that they improved it. But you, your preaching is spot on. Thursday night games, other than opening night and Thanksgiving, should not be played. And right? if, it's not fair. And if they are, if they're going to insist that they need that other primetime game and the NFL is yeah. trying to make money, and I get that. Then let teams have yep. the previous Sunday off. That that's the easiest way to do it. I think the Jaguars and the Titans should be banned from playing games on Thursdays. <laughs> period. I think especially it, the Tennessee Titans. You see, I think it's a great idea. Just pull the plug on TV. So let them play. Just don't make America watch. <laughs> Black it gar- out. Don't make America watch the garbage. Tonight's nationally televised game has been blacked, blacked out, out to yes. everyone in the country. Go do something else. We'll tell you how like, your fantasy players did later. Like, but, even even when the Tennessee Titans are good, and they haven't been, like, a great team in a long time since, like, the Steve McNair days, they're not, like, fun to watch. They're not an entertaining brand at of football. All. And I love yeah. Steve McNair as a player. I love watching him as a player. But those Titan teams were 
terrible to watch. They really were. It's it's three yards Ban of a cloud em. of dust. Ban them from Thursday games. I don't ever want to see a Titans team play on a Thursday night game. I mean, I'm just good again. if they if they just annex the Titans and the Jaguars from the NFL altogether. Like, give them to the XFL. Like, here you can have them. We don't need these anymore. Yeah. <laughs> London for both of them. Right. Send sure. them. Send them to Europe. Sure. Uh, the third and final thing that this this article claims are the only things that players care about when they look at the schedule is primetime games, okay. and there's sort there's a split there. Some of them are looking at it because they love them, they want to be on that stage and in that spotlight, and they feel like they perform at their best. Other guys hate them because I think like a lot of people, but especially professional athletes, these are very regimented, routine-oriented guys. They're used to getting out of bed at a certain time, having their meal at a certain time, a certain amount of hours before the game, doing their warm-ups, and this just having that primetime game, whether it's Thursday night, Sunday night, or Monday night, it can throw them off that schedule and that routine a little bit, and so for that reason, they don't like it. And night games take forever to come, so like... If, if you're a player? If, yeah. yeah. If, well, if you're, if you're going to, to a game, it just right. takes... So those all make perfect sense. And and for the, the most part though, I believe that piece which is if players are going if you're going to have noon Sunday games, players don't care. Right. Like you can open Kansas City, they don't care. I would add one thing to Teams this. Care and that's it. I would add just one thing to this that I think really impacts wins and losses over the course of a season. Sure. Outside of just who you're playing and how good you are, but the the number of back-to-back road games that a team has. If you have if you have two road games in a row, it's hard to even win both of those games. If you have three road games in a row, mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee, and I don't care if they're against the three, give me Jacksonville, the Giants, and the Redskins, you're going to lose one of those. I can almost assure you that you will lose one of those three if you're playing three straight road games. And very occasionally, it's rare, but occasionally, the NFL will send a team on the road for four straight weeks, and that is... Just four straight weeks. That's unfair to Who's ask. Who's been set on the road for four straight I, weeks? I think I remember. I'd send the schedule back. I think I remember it on the Packers schedule a couple of years ago. There was a lot of complaining. That a they, month? I think so. Ooh. That they weren't back at Lambeau Field for a full month. Nobody, nobody should be home or away for three consecutive weeks. I, I think in the last ten years, the Vikings have been had three game home stands a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. Why? I don't know. Now now if you're built I guess if you're building it but come on can't you fix that if if you've got a concert or something it can't be it can't be that bad right the, there, the only it the, makes no sense the only exception to that cuz I agree with you the only exception is I guess if the if the road games are all kind of in the same vicinity cuz I think the Rams last year had a stretch I think where they played three road games in a row but I think one was like Seattle San Francisco and then like maybe like Denver or something like oh, that okay. was the was the stretch of three games on the road. I just but, don't get it though. Yeah, no, you, play, you. you only play sixteen games. Mm-hmm. It can't be that hard to to say that any homestand or road trip should be no more than two. Do you? Think, I agree. Do you think the league and this would have to be like a CBA thing and maybe the players' union would have to agree to it? But remember when it used to be teams used to have two bye weeks, didn't they? Back in like the nineties, there was one year I remember specifically that they did have two bye weeks, and it was it was it, it was eighteen it was, 90s, it was an eighteen yeah. week season. Yes, yes, which, which they've talked about. I think doing again now uh, to the point of the Thursday night games. Mm-hmm. I think they've talked about doing a, a double buys so so that every team that's going to play on Thursday can have Sunday off. I think they've talked, but you know what? It's too much. <laughs> 
One buy is fine. Mm-hmm. But just do the schedule. These schedules at any sport can't be that difficult, right? It actually is very difficult. I, I was, The were, baseball schedule and were, the football schedules are, are well, I shouldn't say that. You were the complaining about the baseball schedule yesterday on uh, Score North Twins, and there's a bonus Score North Twins this week it's coming a, up The baseball schedule is awful. I, I don't, don't get me started. But did you realize, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not saying. I realize common sense should play a role. No, no. Not I'm a not, computer. I'm not saying that the Major League Baseball schedule or the NFL schedule aren't flawed, but especially in baseball, you have 30 teams who have to play 162 games yep. and travel to, what, 23 different cities after you... It, it, like the New Yorks and Chicago's? Yeah, right, okay, exactly. Okay. That, is, that is like a one million piece puzzle that somebody okay. is sitting down and putting together. The April schedule, though, for the Twins, if they're going to be home, should be AL Central teams. Like Toronto shouldn't be here Easy. right now. I think it's much easily much easier said than done. Then give me the job. <laughs> Pay me a million dollars. Give me the job. Give me the damn computer printouts, and I will. There was one year. There, there was. I, I kid you not, Rami. About five years, six years back, there was one year where where one of the Twins' interleague opponents was the Marlins. The Marlins were at Target Field in April. The Twins went to Miami in June. <coughs> you were dealing with idiots. Like there's no way I, Again, there was you. I'm not saying all it's someone flawed. had to do was sit down and flip them. I'm not saying it's not flawed. Toronto shouldn't be here. This I'm week. just saying that that schedule. Anyway, putting, I'm sorry. This is a Viking show. Putting together that schedule is insanely difficult. Uh, 1993 was the year that they had an 18 week season, and teams had two buys. I the was, Vikings that year. Wow, well, I was they went, they went nine and seven, and their buys were week three and week seven. Week three buys the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Buys start now yeah. in, in week three or four. I think it's week four. There's nothing worse than that first buy. Yeah, I hate the it. The first two weeks. Hate it. The best the best one to me is probably post week eight. Later in the year. Yeah, eight, or, well, eight or later. It's is later. What? It's later, but it's it's just it's absolutely perfect then. It breaks up the schedule perfectly. Well, the the year what year was it? Ninety nine when the Browns came back? I think yeah, their buy their bye week was week seventeen. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> so they played the first sixteen weeks of the season. And it was it didn't that matter. they were the they were the thirty first team in the league that year, so the schedule was kind of funky anyway. Right. But yeah, I think when the Browns came back in ninety nine, their first they played the first sixteen weeks of the season and their their bye week was week seventeen. That's insanity. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. But okay. Yeah. Now the NFL schedule is a lot easier to put together than major league baseball. You're talking about sixteen games. That some of this some of the mistakes they make in putting together the NFL schedule is mind-boggling to me, but baseball, I kind of give them a pass. That's a Not really, me. really Not tough Not me. Task. I hold them to a high standard, and they let me down every year. Well, do you hold Everson Griffin to a high standard? Mm, personally, no, because he wouldn't be on my team. <laughs> well, he took a pay cut to stay here, Judd, and that wasn't easy. And we'll talk about it next here on uh, Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team. They're your health family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family, 
in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. Step up your health care game. Find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Coming up at 1 o'clock if you're listening live on the AM airwaves or if you're streaming us live at scorenorth.com. Some Twins Talk, Score North Twins Show, a bonus edition coming up at that time. And Glenn Perkins of the Glenn Perkins Show, which you hear every Thursday here on Score North. He's going to join us at about 1.20. Joining us right now on Purple Daily, you read her work at ESPN.com and hear her weekly, usually on this very day in this very time slot with Matthew Collar on Purple Daily. It is Courtney Cronin. Courtney, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. Thanks for holding it down for me out there today. I appreciate that. Our, our pleasure. Where, where, where do we find Courtney Cronin today? Why aren't you in this studio hosting this fine show? Uh, the Vikings have their off-season availability. They decided to spread it out this year. They usually do the pre-draft press conference with Rick Spielman on top of player availability. But we've got players today. We just got through a host of defensive players, Everson Griffin, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, and Daniel Hunter. And then this afternoon we'll hear from the quarterback the uh, $64 million receiver, and a few other offensive players. Okay. And you were there for Everson Griffin's comments today where he said that was a a tough pill to swallow taking that pay cut, were you not? But I'd I'd imagine that is for any guy. He's not not the first NFL player at that stage in his career to, to have to take a pay cut to stay where he is. Yeah, and I think the thing with Everson is that I mean, the reason he said it was such a hard pill to swallow, you know, for anybody, not just his personal circumstances, but the thing that kind of struck me, he said, when I'm me, when I'm myself, I can play well. And I wasn't myself last season. If I was myself, I wouldn't have to take a pay cut. And he's right. Um, You know, when Everson came back for that Saints game in week eight, and from there on, he wasn't the same player um, that we started to see that progression week one and week two in Green Bay. And obviously he missed time from weeks three through seven, uh, dealing with mental health issues and, you know, some of the off the field concerns. So it was very uh, refreshing sense of vulnerability to hear him open up about this. We have not really talked to him about what happened uh, last year, Um, you know, going into week four of the season. uh, Obviously there was a concern um, and he was, you know, in a a really not so great place ahead of that Buffalo game, which he missed. And and really you can tell that weight on the team, um, at that time, but to hear him talk about taking the pay cut and realizing that staying in Minnesota is the best thing for him personally, as, as a person and as a football player, and, and certainly for his family, um, to not necessarily go chase the payday. Uh, it, it's it's been kind of the theme of the off season here for Vikings players, both Griffin and Anthony Barr, uh, wanting to remain in a place of comfort over going to chase dollar signs, but specifically for someone like Everson Griffin. Um, and we kept talking about how supported he felt from this franchise and everything that they did for him during, you know, one of the hardest moments of his life. And it's something he's still recovering from, from, but he says he does feel back, um, you know, in a place right now where he's happy, he's healthy, he's smiling, he feels like himself, which, you know, truth be told, he just did not feel that uh, at times last season. And that's great. Uh, but I, I've got a question and I need help here, Courtney. How okay. how is this team uh because of all the players who did come back how is this team going to create cap room now because I I thought that there might be a draft night deal involving a cornerback at one point but now Holton Hill's been suspended for four games and more importantly I, I think there's real questions about how much you can rely and trust Holton Hill 
What is your uh, gut tell you about what this team is going to do from a salary cap standpoint to uh, create the room necessary to at least sign their draft picks? Well, you know, I don't think the trade would be completely off the table. Um, I think that just given where they're at right now, somewhere around the $2 million mark, um, we saw what Adam Thielen's cap hit was, and sources had kind of indicated to me on Friday when I was reaching out about that, that don't be surprised if it stays right around that $8.1 million figure, and you're thinking, okay, well, how the heck are they going to be able to do that? Yep. Um, there has to be movement at some point. If they didn't, if they decided they want to give Thielen all that cash up front and remain you know, kind of keep him where he is, they still need a few more million dollars to sign a draft class. Um, I think all signs either point to a restructure somewhere else. I don't know if Kyle Rudolph would still be on the table. It would be interesting to get his thoughts here uh, in a couple, you know, about an hour to see what he has to think about that. But, you know, Trey Wayne's name is something that we hear talked about uh, you know, throughout the offseason. Is he a trade candidate? Is he not? They decided not to move him. Uh, ahead of free agency when his salary became guaranteed. So if he does get traded, whoever the trade partner is picks up that nine, you know, nine plus million dollar hit in 2019. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely tricky because they're strapped for cash right now and they've had other opportunities to try to alleviate some of that pressure off the cap um, and they haven't done it. So I would anticipate that we're either going to see a trade, which seems more likely than somebody getting cut. And, you know, you just kind of wonder where it's going to be, though. Because Judd, as you said, they don't really have um, expandable cornerbacks right now. I know that the draft analysts who have no clue what this team actually looks like beyond paper, um, they think, oh, cornerback's not a need. Well, it actually kind of is because they have no depth right now. You don't have a timetable on Mike Hughes. Holton Hill suspended for four games. We have no clue whether Xavier Rhodes is going to get back to 2017 form. And can you really trust Mackenzie Alexander? I mean, he finally came on towards the end part of the, of last season, but, you know, we still have no clue. Um, it, 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 is this really the right fit with him at nickel corner? So, it, they're in a tough bind right now. They don't really have pieces that are expandable, but they're going to have to find a way to create cap space. Yeah, I remember earlier in the off season, and I was hosting the show with Manny. Judd was down at, at spring training, and you had an article talking about how they can clear cap space. And I think there were eight guys on in your article who you said they could either trade or or release to to free up some cap space and. I think we're down to Kyle Rudolph. I, I I literally think everybody else in that article has either been solidified in their place, has renegotiated, has has gone elsewhere, whatever the case might be, because I just don't see how they can trade Trey Waynes or Xavier Rhodes at this point with Holton Hill being suspended the first four games of the season. That affects their depth at cornerback. It really, to me, looks like the last option, Courtney, is Kyle Rudolph in either restructuring or letting him go? Do you know if that's something that they have talked about at all? Well, it was talked about behind the scenes. Um, I know that Rudolph and his agent, Brian Murphy, came out uh, right before free agency started, put a statement out uh, via the agent that, you know, this is not the case, that they haven't been approached. Well, it's, if they may not have been approached about it with like, the actual terms of restructure, but it was certainly being talked about inside this building in Egan, Minnesota. That is, you cannot deny that. That absolutely was happening. And um, I think the thing with Kyle Rudolph is he has such a high cap hit that you can give him an extension right now. You could even, you know, you rip up this deal. It's going to really depend on what he wants, um, you know, because, I mean, honestly, I think that the team certainly has more leverage, but they're not going to, you know, 
You have to look at the semantics of this whole thing. It's a freaking PR nightmare if you cut a guy like Kyle Rudolph, given everything that he's in this community, and what a black eye that would be on this franchise. I, I, you know, From an optic standpoint, really can't afford that. Kyle is a staple on this team. He's a consistent performer. He's one of the best tight ends in the league over the course of his career. Is he, is he fast? Has he got a ton of yards after the catch? No, but he serves a purpose on this team. He's very good at what he does, especially in the red zone. Um, so I think that, you know, when you take a look at a guy like Kyle Rudolph, you know, you could look at a hypothetical, you know, give him a big signing bonus up front and then, you know, the, the lower base salary and, you know, escalates over the next few years. I think that maybe if he tried to negotiate another two years onto his deal, that might work, uh, because they certainly have to lower someone's cap hit. I was surprised, uh, that Adam Thielen's cap hit was not lowered. Um, that to me, you and me both. seemed like the most obvious, obvious situation. Yeah. yeah it just... Eight point one million. I mean, we knew he was going to get paid. Um, kind of interesting too, because he really didn't have any leverage. He didn't have to take that deal two years ago, and he did. Um, but the fact of the matter is, the Vikings chose to, you know, kind of follow suit with what they did by keeping, you know, guys uh, around and, and, and rewarding them years at a time. Well, did it hurt you for the next few years? Because your cap is a mess in twenty twenty. I don't know if anybody's checked it out, but it is it is not good, and so. They have to do something because right now they're not even worried about 2020. They're worried about signing however many players they draft from April 25 to the 27. But they don't have the money to do it right now. Well, I think that's a perfect place that, to uh, end that the painted interview. a great picture of the future of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Judd just literally hit his head on the microphone while you were just saying what you were saying. I don't about understand, the it, Courtney. Cat. But that's just me, Courtney. You will be in here with us tomorrow. Is that correct for Purple yes. Daily? Yes. All right. Yeah, very really nice. Excited for that on the eve of the schedule release, so we can all speculate and we're already uh, doing it, Courtney. A while about which games they're going to win and which games they're going to lose. Seven o'clock. To- oh, I'm way excited. We look forward. Thanks, to it, Courtney. Courtney. We'll talk to you then. All right. Bye. There's See you, Courtney bye. Cronin, and uh, you can. I, you know. <laughs> That's like the third time Tell I've me done what that. You just did. That's the third time I've you done that. You guys doing okay in there? I turned Judd's off. bumping his head on his microphone. No, I was I, I, my, turning his mic off I'm, by accident. My hands are flailing around. <laughs> I'm so baffled by this cap. That's the third time I've done that in this studio. The microphone and the button to turn off or to hang up the phone are right next to each He's other. He's turning himself off and leaving the collar and on. I turned off my microphone when I meant Perhaps to. Perhaps the good the Lord's phone. trying to tell you something. Go home. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the way you're feeling. Yeah. See you later, Rick Sutcliffe. If you missed any of this show, check out uh, Score North Vikings. That's what you search wherever you download podcasts or get the app or find us on Spotify. Score North Twins coming up next, and Glenn Perkins joins us at 120. For Judd and Manny, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening to Purple Daily. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.